0: And Welcome, folks. Another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown focused on the defense with that man they call Vance. Now you've been waiting. Without further ado, want to introduce the man that was a defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State, D.C. at Louisville, D.C. at Texas. He coached in the pros. Of course, you guys know him from his time coaching at Michigan. He coached the Hall of Fame. See, I feel like I got to give you a credentials. We We got new new viewers new viewers coming to the fold all the time so vance coached the hall of famer himself charles woodson now you tell me if this is legit marcus ray my man M Ray 29 said man charles didn't know how to backpedal until vance taught him is that legit is that a legit story
1: he's telling a true story the man didn't know how to backpedal i remember my first day of practice. He was tripping over bags. I said, "This is Mr. Ohio. He's he's terrible." Second practice, it's like he'd been doing it all his life. That's how quick he was. He picked things up really fast. I mean, so it's uh, he was a special talent. He's a special man. I did, love my man Wood.
0: When did you know how special he was?
1: We get into the first ball game. He, that's the only game he didn't start, but he came in the second series and never left after that. The last game of the year, we playing Ohio State, okay? And Ohio State was number one or two in the country. Two minute drill, he's on Terry Glenn. Two minute drive, Ohio State going on the field. He jumps over Terry Glenn, intercepts the ball to end the game and win the game for us. That was to me, that's one of the best plays he made his entire time in Michigan. I mean, it was really special. And he was a freshman against a guy who was a senior in the first round pick when the National Football
0: League. Hey man, I watched Charles on TV last week. Charles said, "Hey man, oh, this some some BS." <laughs> he said, hey, well, you know he, he bonafide crazy now. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "This is BS." Now, here's the thing about it: this is this FCC. They find you, and that was Charles basically saying, "Hey, I pay the fine." Hey, that's fine. Look, I know I'm not supposed to say this, but it's so important to me that I make clear. That this is some garbage that's going on. You you suspending the man while he on the plane to the game, and you releasing the suspension to the media before you before Wait, you but hold on, team. hold
1: on, Sam. That was a commissioner, right?
0: That was a commissioner. Okay,
1: hold on. Okay, I got this right here. His name of Petty, whatever, is a proven leader who brings nearly four decades of sports, business, and media industry acumen to the big Ten. He serves as Deputy uh, Commissioner and Chief Operating Officer of Major League Baseball and President and Chief Executive Officer of Major League League Baseball Network. You hired a guy. They use the word like acumen. Sam. The man is special. I mean, he just, his background, his resume, but at the end of the day, he is a bona fide idiot. See, nobody paying me. <laughs> how in the hell you do something like that, Sam? How you do something like that, Sam? Hey, you hey. talk about his ac- acumen. Okay, you know what? I got a fire going on my fireplace right now. It's gas, so it can burn, Sam. That's how, that's what he it is. He like gas in the air. What? How can you do something like that? You're gonna release it to the media first, and he has a resume as long. He has like fourteen. Uh, Emmy Awards or whatever, that showed no class, no professionalism. The first person that should have been told was the AD and your head coach. You don't release that to something. That's not professional. It really isn't. I mean, help me out. Help
0: me I, hear, out. No, I, I hear you, man. Well, he, he tried to explain. Now, you tell me this, man, because I, I still can't figure it out. Like, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out the logic. Of him saying to Michigan, this is a player safety issue. Oh stop, 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 stop,
1: <laughs> stop Sam, stop. Stop the pressing. Stop the pressing. I played football, not coach football. I'm going back to my play. Our coaches, we talk about a defensive lineman, okay? They taught them how to read a key, how to defeat a double team. And then they start putting in rules where no more chop blocks for player safety. Also, now you can't hit a defensive player. You can't even tackle a quarterback. Now, even if the opponent knew a play call, if I'm a defensive lineman, I got to still read my keys, no matter what they do. So, you know what? Again, here's a guy who has at least 14 awards for whatever he did. For him to make a comment like that. I call him D.A.'s. I'm going to call him a D.A.A. Dumb and ass. That's what he is. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. i make a comment like okay. that. He's dumb and ass. Not a dumb ass, but dumb and ass. Not put an and in the middle of it. So tell him to come get me. So tell him to come fire me, Sam. I'm good. I'm, I'm living in Colorado, brother. I'm good.
0: Listen, I was the PG version. I, now, what he said was, I, I mean, I'm not calling the man dumb. I'm calling the statement with this 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 claim he made about player safety. That was dumb, right? Yes. I, I, I was the PG version that explained it to y'all how dumb that was. There's-
1: I don't to be no you know PG. Right. I'm live at 5 in Colorado. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking out my review window right here. Got the sound over there. And everything, all the leaves blowing off the trees. I'm good, man. I mean, I'm- if I go to certain places, they burn certain type of grass that can, that can mess with your head. Lucky I don't try that stuff. You walk outside. Oh, there it is, right there, boy. Dr. Feelgood now. <laughs> hey,
0: man, listen. That's something that whoever that knows football told him that. They're like, oh man, let's do the food. We could, we could take advantage of him. See, that's what, whoever told you that. That's the thing that you need to realize. Whoever told you that, they're they're telling you without telling you. They think you aren't that bright. At least, as, at least as it relates to football. That's what they're telling. Ah, uh, We think you so green, so naive, you have so clueless about what you're doing that we could tell you some dumb stuff and you will go repeat it. That is what they're telling. So whoever told you that first, look at them. Go back and look at them and, and look them in the eye. And no, that's not your friend because they think you're stupid. All they really
1: he should are. say is that right now, we're investigating this thing right now. We have certain things in the Big Ten bylaws about unsportsmanlike unsportsman, situations. And also, this is definitely a rule breaker right here if you did it. Because of that, we're going to suspend you until we get further investigation. That's all he needed to say. Anything else he said, he's been listening to uh, Fennibon and uh, Stephen Blowmouth smith He's been listening to them. That's what he's been doing. I mean, so again, he's listening to the wrong people. Instead of being the educated professional person his resume says that he is, he listened to a bunch of blowhards. And now he becomes a blowhard. He embarrassed himself in a Big Ten office.
0: Yeah, but the team responded, right? Sharon Moore, in adversity laden, I mean, this, there's adversity, and then that's what they face. They find out the day. 18 hours before the game, the coach is suspended. And it happens. The and they find on out Twitter. on Twitter. They find yeah. out on Twitter, right? That's, that's that's insult number one. So now you file for the, the restraining order. You don't know until an hour before the game, he can't coach you. What I can tell you, Vance, is that everybody I talked to was extremely confident that Harbaugh was that Jim was gonna be able to coach this game. Like this because it was so ridiculous that it was a suspension in the first place, they just couldn't see. Couldn't fathom that this would actually be reality. That even if Petiti came down with what he came down with, that the courts would stop it. Well, it didn't happen. And you get in the game, and and Sharone is the head coach, and Vance, that defense is coming those first two series. So you gotta you gotta re- react. You gotta adjust in a moment. And a fella, you know, you got to know at Louisville, Sharone, he made the right adjustment. He,
1: he made a great adjustment. He made a better adjustments in that game. Than James Franklin, who's been a head coach for 15 years. He said, we have problems. We're going to have problems right now blocking this front. So, therefore, we're going to put an extra offensive lineman in there. We're going to run the football. Some people criticized him for what he did. But at the end of the day, who won the football game, Sam? The most important thing is at the end of the game that you have that W. He did the things necessary to win because he knew one thing. Their offense can't beat our defense. We're going to move the ball. We can get field goals. We can change field position. And our defense is going to find a way to win the game for us. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. He played to the strength of his team, which is defense. That's called a good coach. That's all it is. I mean, class act by Sharon. I love what he did in this game. So take
0: me back to – because you were around Sharon when his coaching career started at, at Louisville. What do you remember about him at that time?
1: I always had a smile on his face, calm guy. I always asking coach, what, what more can I do to help? What more can I do to learn? I want to continue to grow. I mean, he was always that type of guy looking for more responsibility, wanting to get better at his job. We had a really good offensive line coach there, too. He's, a, he's at Pittsburgh right now as assistant head coach. I mean, really good guy. So, Jerome learned under a really good guy. But Jerome played big-time ball, and I played at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made a lot of bowl games, played for titles. So, all the background is there. The calmness, the demeanor he shows – is there Now, at the end of the game, when the game was over, he got excited. And I got to talk about that. This is 2023. Back in 1970, they say, man, not supposed to show emotion because that's how you were raised. It's 2023. A lot of pressure, a lot of things going on. So at that moment, at, the, at that interview, he showed emotions. You know what? I was proud of him. So you know what? That's being a man right there. And for anybody who criticized that, They don't know what a man is. That's all that is. He showed who he is, his passion, his emotion, but also the stress that they've been under all this stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So it's a combination of all those things, and he showed how much he loved his players. But you know what I saw, Sam? I saw his players coming up, giving him a hug. Mm -hmm. Think about that. That shows the respect and the care that his players they have for him, and that doesn't happen every place.
0: Yeah, you know, I definitely heard from a lot, a lot of people about that, and you know, you you know how the media is—they taking taking kind of shot. But I see this different, and, and maybe it's the bias. I see this different from Ryan Day going after Lou Holtz. See, you didn't didn't nobody even know Lou Holtz said anything about Ohio State. And it's, it's not
1: like it's, said it. yeah,
0: yeah, and then you then you look around. It's not like they they taking bullets from every place. They taking bullets from Ann Arbor. That's it. Nobody is ragging and giving it to Ohio State the way they're giving it to Michigan right now. So I said this the last couple of weeks. The players had largely kind of put this in the background. I mean, they're used to dealing with distractions because you got Harbaugh, the NFL Harbaugh rumors every year. So they're conditioned to kind of put this stuff to the side. Now, they got annoyed, got mad because people are trying to say that the only reason they won is because of some, you know, sign guy that just got hired two years ago. Which is ridiculous. So they want to take it out on the field. The ones who were feeling the pressure, Vance, and so maybe you can speak to this, the coaches, man. And that's what you saw kind of boiling over with, with Sharon that, man, these guys have, they feel all the same emotions, the, the anger and frustration. But it's like, man, it's an existential crisis for them. You don't know how this is going to turn out. Well, right now,
1: if the NCAA is involved, the coaches can't make a single comment about what's going on. They have to keep their mouth shut. People are saying, well, how come they're not saying anything? They can't. They can't say anything until after everything is in, and the NCAA comes back and says, this is what happened. These are the violations. This is what we're going to do. They keep their mouth shut. can't say anything. So the pressure – see, people just talk, always talk about the head football. Team. When you look at a staff, they have kids. I think Sharon has two kids. Mm-hmm. And other coaches on the staff, they have kids. So the pressure that those kids go to when they have to go to school, Okay, all those things in the community. It's just not the coaches. It's their families. So, in that pressure that the families feel comes back on the coaches, and they feel those things. So, you kind of saw some of those things come out. You know, at the end, the pressure, that it was a chance of just release. And he was emotional, excited, and all those things. So, everything came out that way. I texted Ron and said, you can't be cursing on TV now. Mm-hmm. The other thing, I'm good with that, but you can't be cursing on TV. You can't do
0: that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he, he definitely – it was all emotion at that point. He did. Just letting it out. Again, you
1: know, what? that also shows the inexperience of a guy not being a head coach who in most situations, he it he, had been calm. But, again, the pressure of a guy who's offensive line coach, offensive coordinator, now has to take on a responsibility on national television in Happy Valley in a white and blue out, whatever you want to call it, the stripe they had. And everybody's talking about all the things that should be happening to you because of what supposedly happened. And that's a whole lot of pressure on a guy who's not expecting to be calling to be the head football coach for that game. That, that's a tough situation. So, again, my hat's off to you. No more cursing on TV. You got, you got to learn from that. You want to cry on TV? It's 2023. Boy, let it out, man. It's not 1970. But grown men are supposed to cry. Give me a break. Get real. Just look it. It's not the Flintstones, is it? We're not going back to caveman day. Oh, what's the deal,
0: folks? Go ahead and start putting your questions for Vance in the comment section. We will start rolling them out for Coach Bedford. Uh, once we get through your, your breakdown of the defensive effort, because we spent so much time talking about Sharon, like he had to monitor, he has to pay attention to what's going on on defense. But his adjustments came on the offensive side, and he one of the things he was able to take into account, is, you know? My defense is doing a damn good job like they have all season. They're doing it in a a pretty hostile environment. What did you make of the defensive performance against Penn State?
1: I I thought it was outstanding. I think they had two great defenses. I thought you saw different adjustments. What I saw from the defense in this particular game, I saw some blitzes they had not shown. And I think that was huge. And so they kept the offensive line off balance. They kept the the quarterback off balance. Now, Sarone made great adjustments offensively. Penn State did Penn State had a great game plan, and they got away from it. With the form, we, had, we saw every formation that could give us issues, and then they got away from it and went back to conventional stuff and empty stuff. They played right into our hands because they offensive line couldn't block our front. They couldn't block our different schemes that the defensive staff had put in front of them. So they played into our strengths, and we were able to get after them when the game was on the line. If I was Penn State, they have an athletic quarterback, Sam. I would have run them a lot more than what they did. Mm-hmm. They should have put them in use. But again, that's called lack of coaching. They didn't attack us how they should have, so they played right into our hands. And therefore, we get out of there with a win in Happy Valley. But Jesse and Staff, another outstanding game, another great job designing different schemes to affect what they did.
0: Yeah, you talk about Manny Diaz, he did exactly what you said he was going to do, fans. He said, "Hey, he he coming." He and coming. those those first couple of series, it, I think it got good to him. Like, oh, they they came block us. <laughs> we, and and they made they made the very wise, very sage observation. Like these dudes, they are not paying attention to the run at all. Like they they totally ignoring the run. No no gap integrity at all, and man, how many times they run right up underneath that pressure, Vance, and and really got it going, and so they make a great adjustment. Penn State doesn't, so you got the the strategic win going for the coaching staff. But then I want want you to talk about composure. Let's talk about composure as a as a coach because Sharon showed great composure. He didn't panic when that happened, but he also he also could see in the moment the adjustment because a lot of inexperienced coaches talking to all you coaches they wait till halftime to make the adjustment i got okay I, let's just get to halftime we'll figure it out he made the adjustment the third series vance and when they were getting two three yards of carry they stuck with it great composure james franklin on the other hand you got the whole game it's been a tussle it's 17 to 9 vance befford it's fourth and six on your own 30 with two timeouts left, and he goes for it. I want to say that Sharon showed more composure in the game than a 15-year head coach as well. You tell me what you think.
1: See, I'm going to go back before the fourth and six. They had a first down and 10 on the 34-yard line. So before the offense go out there, you said, you got four plays to get every first down. I'm telling them then. So for now, for offensive play caller, his thought process is totally different. He doesn't have to worry about taking shots down the field. He now says, I can run the ball. And he should go back to his call sheet and say, well, they've had problems with this formation and this formation. So they're going to see this formation every single snap. I'm going to run the football because they were running the ball on first down. They're getting four and five yards a pop almost. So if that's the case, if he told us offensive coordinator that, they should have been running the football. They never should have been the fourth and sixth. Line up an empty formation throwing the football. So I'm going to go back to that first and 10. That's on James' front. I have no idea what each other's O.C. But now he has a different O.C. That guy's fired. <laughs> Feel bad for the guy and his family. Amen. But James Franklin set him and the quarterback up for failure because I wish I was a, a fly on the wall and said, did you tell the O.C. that you have four downs? Because your whole thought process changes as a play call on offense. When you know you have four downs.
0: See, but why would you even, with the way your defense is playing, why are, why would you go for it? Why would you have four downs right there?
1: Because and this the anal- is what the analytics say. Well, if you punt the ball, you're going to probably kick it out of the end zone. and get hit the ball back on the 20 yard line. So it's only a 10 yard game, So you might as well go for it. That's, that's what he probably said. He looked at the analytics. Well, me, it's like, I'm telling OC on first and 10, you got four down. That means you can run the football. I'm going to go back to that. Everybody's talking about the fourth down and six. I'm talking about the first down and 10. That's where it started at. That's where the failure of communication and the decision went down to two with that first and 10.
0: I think this had to play in the Sharon's thought process. He said, okay, we know if we stay patient with the run, some are going to pop. Because look, we we we've gained a tactical advantage. They're real good, real good defense. So let me let me stop and pause for a second. Give credit to that defense. But it it is outstanding. I don't think Michigan will see a better defense, at least from a pass rush, and how pass rush and coverage match. Because I think Kalen King is a pro. That's they're outstanding. Now they can't if you got a a group like michigan that can line up and anchor in a run game against you they're gonna have some problems because they are very big but man they are really really talented and for for michigan to be able to dial up what they did was very very impressive and to look at the other side of the football and for them to not be able to find something something to make their quarterback comfortable uh, something in the run game like you said you you discovered some things They just didn't stick with it. I don't know why. You seem to have an opinion on OCs that they kind of outsmart themselves. Maybe that's what happened here, Vance.
1: Like I said, if the formation they came into that game with, the game plan they had, I thought it was a really good game plan versus our defense. They forced our defensive backs, our nickel backs and cornerbacks, to play in a box, and we didn't know how to play in a box. And they got away from it. So if I go back to that first and ten, I'm going to force those defensive backs to be in the box. I'm going to force them to blitz. And anytime you have a running formation and you blitz and somebody's got out of the gap, they might go for a touchdown. And so I kept doing that, and they got away from it. They're trying to throw the football. Well, Sharon said, we're going to run the football. But again, we talk about game time adjustments by Sharon. They had to work on that in practice. They probably went to this ball game saying we could have a tough time blocking these guys. So they're playing with six offensive linemen, seven offensive linemen. So, of course, they had the practice that going to this game said we have this issue. We're gonna go right to this, we're gonna pound these guys, shorten the game, win with our defensive special teams. So again, the plan going to the game was probably that. And they did a great job in executing that game plan. Penn State, they got away from that game plan. It cost them the game.
0: Hey, so real quick, Vance, got a special guest in the house, Mr. Michael Barrett Sr. Hey, hey, what's up, (laughs) Dick Tom? Finally made it. Finally made it after last year passing on some culture points to, to Mike Barrett Jr. He's out there balling. Yes, this he year. is. <laughs> out there getting it done, man. So glad that you can make it over. And, and as we get deeper into it, you know, one of the things that I wanted to highlight here is as you look back at that game, there were some things. Because things you say stick with me. Like last year, you are talking about, hey, man, linebacker fits, linebacker fits. Got into, after the, heading into the Ohio State game, Say, like, hey, man, FSL so, and, and unbalanced. And so watching Penn State have some success with kind of, you know, game in Michigan a bit with, they, with their unbalanced formation, that was something that we saw Ohio State do last year, was it not?
1: It was, and you're going to see Ohio State do it again. See, Maryland is a passing team who's up next. So I'm not as concerned about them as long as we stay healthy and don't turn the ball over. We should be a better football team. But Ohio State probably had to really look at this game. Say, wait a minute, now, I see some things here. The Ohio State's actually trying to run the ball this year, and because of that, you might see some of these things show up again. Start off in one back set, motion a guy in the backfield, try to get one of the defensive backs to have to play in a box. I mean, and that's what Ohio, that's what Penn State was having success with, and they just got away from it coming in over, the difference is that Ohio State has two possible first-round receivers. Marvin is going to probably be a top-five pick. Mm -hmm. And so you look up there and you go on one-on-one isolation. Well, guess what? That's called check with me. I'm throwing it to him. Penn State didn't have a dog out there. Ohio State does. So you have to find a way to make sure that I can take him away and do some other things. I mean, so Ohio State is going to probably better this game more than any other game. There's some things they can take out of it that we need to probably be prepared for because they got a great receiver that if you just put up one-on-one, he's going to beat you. I mean, and most people so far this year, for some reason, including Penn State, they've been playing that guy man-to-man by themselves. He's been killing folks. and we do the same thing, I hate to say it, he's going to do the same thing to us.
0: Yeah, definitely some lessons to be taken uh, from this. You know, opponents are gonna scout most notably Ohio State, gonna scout it really, really well. And so gotta be prepared for that. But this is a defense that we've seen, a team that we've seen. You know, they see some mistakes happen in the game, some things they need to clean up. They've been able to make those adjustments. Folks, if you have questions for fans, put them in the comment section. I'll start getting to them shortly. But first, and I already saw somebody mention it It says Sam, the 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 Tom Brady app. The Tom Brady app. See, Tom Brady, who we partnered with, his company Autograph, they came and saved the day for us because there's a lot going right with the Michigan Insider, right? So the site is rolling. We had set an all-time high in subscribers. The YouTube page is growing. I mean, everything is, is clicking, right? We got a great team always on top of the intel. Accuracy is at a premium, and this is a time where it's a whole lot of BS out there. Whole lot of bad intel out there, and so we pride ourselves on being truthful and bringing in and accurate, right. But what we didn't have was that app that that one place where all the things that we do—from podcasts to to YouTube to to the stories that we have on the Michigan Insider, to also some of the other great sites that you might view, like MGo Blog, or some of the other great podcasts that you might listen to, like the Professor and the Pundit—all of those things in one place. Well, Tom Brady's app, Autograph, allows you to have sort of that aggregate fandom where all of the aspects of fandom come to you in one place, right? But it gets better because as you consume all of these things, all of these things that you do anyway, you get points. You get rewarded for it. So you're reading the story, right? Or you're watching the Michigan football breakdown with Vance Befford. You're accruing points as you do it on the app. And as you accrue points, you're able to do things like get rewards. Rewards like I'm trying to, to get them to make this a reward. I showed this a couple weeks ago when Tom Brady's, crew came, Tom Brady's crew came to town. They said, Sam, we got a gift for you. We made you a Wolverine. I said, oh, man, this is how I said Because you know me. I got all kinds of, you know, I keep my background manicured until Al comes and messes it all up, right? <laughs> Sitting in my chair, messing up the, the swag in the background. But this was one. I was like, I got to put this in the background. I said, I bet you. The people love this is one of the rewards, right? So all kinds of rewards. You go to events and you check in, get points for that. You're reading stories. You're listening to podcasts. You're watching videos. All of those things accrue points on the app. So you reward it for your fandom. You reward it for all the things that you already do by virtue of using the Autograph app. It is available to iOS users, you iPhone users. Now, I've been hearing from folks, the Droid people like me. Yeah, I'm a Droid person. They say, where is the Droid app? They promised me it is coming. The Droid app will soon be ready and available for you. In the meantime, in between time, Tom Brady is here. Not here, literally, but he sent along a message to you about the app. So here is TV 12. In Blue Nation, it's Tom Brady. I co-founded Autograph with one mission in mind. Change the fan experience for the better. That's why I'm excited to announce the release of a new app that recognizes the biggest Michigan fans. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to the best Michigan content, fan challenges, and exclusive rewards for diehard Wolverines, all for doing the things you already do, like listening to this podcast. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Rewarding Fans and download today. All right, so you see the QR code there for people who are watching this. I know a lot of people listen to us on the uh, on the podcast page. so I will get that get to that here momentarily. but those of you who are watching in the stream right now, you can click that QR code it'll take you right over there. The code to get the app is Sam web no space. This is invitation only so you got to have a code in order to get the app right And so the code is Sam web. For those of you who are listening, you can get to the uh, to the app store where you can download the app is link.fan or excuse me, link.ag.fan slash Web. Again, that is link.ag.fan slash samweb, no space. And you can download the app, get ready, get started, start accruing your points. It is an outstanding app, only available for you iOS users right now, but very, very soon available for Android. And they're already taking your feedback. They've already incorporated the skip function and the, you know, the rewind function on the podcast, which people were talking about. They've already made that improvement. Very, very soon, there'll be an Android app as well. So go ahead and get the autograph app. promise you, you won't regret it. All right. With that, let's go ahead and start getting to the questions for Mr. Vance Bedford himself. I know you guys have been anxiously awaiting the opportunity to ask some questions for Vance. So Vance, how can Michigan stop Maryland from driving down the field late in the game like Penn State? You know, this it's, we talked about this in the film study. They did get some things off late, Penn State did.
1: Maryland didn't have the talent that Penn State has. That's how you stop them. That's the first thing. Penn State's offensive line was exceptional. The running backs are really good. Maryland is more of a passing team. I mean, they don't try to throw the football, and that's going to play right and try hands because they're not going to be able to protect the quarterback. And, again, they have 85 guys on scholarship. They're going to make plays. Penn State, they were, were able to run the football. The quarterback was athletic. He could make plays with his leg. He did make some plays with his leg on a quarterback draw for a touchdown. He ran quarterback power. He did some things that I don't think that Maryland has that type of ability with their offense to do those type of things. So I, I said that the game could be close versus uh, Penn State. We should win this by 21 points but uh, playing against Maryland.
0: You remember a couple years ago, down there, man. I, Michigan blew them out, but they got some things going like quarterback power. You remember that?
1: Yeah, but they're not doing that anymore. I thought they were going to do it last, year, and they didn't. They more of a dropback team. Well, if you're a dropback team. You're going to play right to the strength of what we can do up front. We can rush the passer because of the different schemes we had. We seen right now, for example, we talk about low defense. That means you got four guys on one side. We've done a variety of blitzes and and, and stunts off of that look, so people are having a tough time trying to decide how to block that. We saw one game, the center turn, trying to block that guy, and all of a sudden, the of blitz, sacked the quarterback. I mean, so it's a difficult defense to protect against because we do so many different things off of it. So Merlin might move the ball some, but at the end of the day, we're going to win by three
0: touchdowns. All right. Let's get back to the questions for Vance. This one from Mike Layton. Vance, did Jerome Moore take away Penn State's strongest strength just by running the ball? Your thoughts on that, Vance?
1: Yes, he did. because. That defense at Penn State is designed for pressure. That means that you're thinking about a lot of runs, not a lot of passes. So you're attacking pass protection. And you have run blitzes to stop runs, but all of a sudden you have six offensive linemen in the ball game. So now your defensive front has to get lined up. On one touchdown run, they had six offensive linemen in the game. The defensive end should have been on a nine. He went inside. Blake blocked it outside for, for a touchdown. So they had a hard time trying to get a line to the offensive line form- formations. So that took away what they wanted to do. It kind of took away their pressure because we start attacking the edges. A lot of the pressure they bring is from inside out.
0: All right, let's go ahead and get to the next question for Vance. Uh, this was actually an observation from Antoine Johnson. More did the smart and mature thing. People want entertainment. And Michigan's about winning football games. Screw your entertainment. We're about winning. Talk about the people complaining about 32 straight runs. Vance, and I'm curious, first of all, and someone asks this, so I can ask it to you right now. Have you ever been in a game, either on a team or on defense, uh, you know, trying to stop another team that ran the football that many times in a row? In the 70s
1: and 80s, when people were running the wish ball. It's a different era right now, so not many teams stick to the run like that. And you do whatever it takes to win. Well, people understand at the end of the day that you get a W or did you get an L? And it's, it's not always pretty. It's old fashioned, both back black. But we're gonna smack smack you right in the mouth, like Mike Tyson, Tyson said. Everybody have smiles so they get their first punch in the face, and that's what you had right now. You had Michigan said so we're gonna punch you in the face over and over and over again. Stop us, and they couldn't do it. So again. It's not a pretty game, but then again, it is a pretty game because you won. You are the more physical football team, and that's why you won a ball game.
0: All right, so Penn State came out with some interesting formations. So just to be able to explain the, what did you call it, the water bucket. So (laughs) Malhear wants to know, he says, going to get this in early. When Penn State went for two on the second play, on the two-point play, uh, the second two-point play, did those linemen become eligible receivers? If not, why didn't Michigan's linemen fall back into coverage?
1: They, they, were all, uh, they, they were not eligible. All the eligible receivers were over the ball. The guy snapping the ball, he was eligible. So there was only four, four eligible guys. They're also outside right now. They all went off for passes. All the linemen that went over there, they were ineligible. Because if you look at that formation, the guy who snapped the ball was eligible. Because the three receivers outside of him, they were off the ball. So all those guys were eligible. But so, you have to go over there because when you run that particular play, they call it water bucket. The quarterback had the option if he had an eligible guy over there to raise up and throw it over there. It's like a screen. They just wear it like an end zone. So you must go over and cover that down. And to the eligible guys, we end up playing man-to-man, and we got lucky because the quarterback panicked because initially the corner route from the television view was open. But the quarterback – was looking for the pick pattern because the number two and three receiver, they were trying to pick the linebackers. The guy who snapped the ball was going behind him. He was the primary receiver. But the guy who was open initially was the number one receiver, went on the corner route, and the quarterback never saw him.
0: I'm wondering what you thought of their uh, offensive line. Adam Shepardson says, I rewatched the game, and Penn State's offensive line pay- played better than I thought they would. They got away with quite a few holes, especially – the QB draw TD, Mason could have stopped that for a yard or two game. Did you think that they were holding a lot up front? In any
1: game I watch, if I was an f- official, they would fire me. I'm going to probably call five holding every game against everybody. The offensive line, they hold every play, including Michigans. That's <laughs> just what they taught to do. And if you can't get off a block, the official's not going to call it. Officially to see separation. And if as long as that guy's inside and he can hold you tight, they would never call that. They call if you pulling away and your hands come out, they throw a flag. If your hands come outside the framework of the body, they throw a flag. But as long as that guy can hold them tight like that, they don't they don't throw flags. So no, it's uh, I, I never go to that about the holding calls. You now you're trying to give yourself an excuse. At the end of the day, we won the football game. The rest of it doesn't matter. All
0: right, Raphael Rome- Romelo Drake. Raphael Romelo Drake. Man, that's one of my you know one of those old. Spike Lee joints had a Romello in it. I'm trying to remember the name of the, of the, of the movie uh, with Wesley Snipes. And uh, But anyway, let me get I get off on that. Uh, Raphael Rome- Romello Drake wants to know, Coach, do you think us running the ball like we did was a shot at the NCAA saying, you know what, we, what we're doing? Stop us.
1: No, nah, not at all. We were just trying to win a ball game. It, it might have come across that way. We were just trying to find ways to counteract what, Penn State was doing on def- on defense, and we did that by the offensive lineman, six offensive linemen running the football. That's all it was; just that simple. There's nothing to do with the NCAA. It's about it was only about Penn State finding a way to win that ball game.
0: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a movie. It was, uh, That's right. Thanks a lot for that message. Sugar Hill, Sugar Hill was a movie. Oh. <laughs> oh. yeah, it was a nice movie. It was a good movie. Anyway, um, what do you think of this one? See, now he's talking about your man, Little Mike. Right? Tim said at times like versus TCU. Mike Saint Russo was just too small. Do you think that you agree with that, Vance?
1: What do you mean too small? I I, I don't know. He's looking at I mean, he 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 plays big in every single ball game. And you go back to the TCU game. I have no idea what he's talking about. I just go back to the touchdown that broke the game open on a shallow crosser. Initially, when you watched the game, I was, like, was Turner, wasn't Turner? It was it was Johnson. Got picked on a mesh route and. We had a zero blitz in Norman during the year. We dropped our defensive ends to help out on crosses and slants. For some series against T.C., we didn't do that. We got picked. We went for a touchdown. So, no, my man, Little Mike, I just called him Little Mike because last year we, we had Big Mike, so I had Big Mike, Little Mike. Right. Now, Mike, hey, Mike got good size. He got size. He has quickness. He has great ball skills. He has outstanding instincts. No, no. He'll play in the NFL. He's going to play in the NFL.
0: Yeah, he, him switching the defense. And him coming back an extra year i don't think mike's uh i don't know that he but he maybe he gets a shot at the nfl as he, if he stays at receiver but i think his shot is much better as a db it, much is,
1: better. it is this is biggest thing is gonna be his sport at time because last year now i was on turner a lot about people getting by him he went around four two three i think four two five you know at the combine jumped to the second round he ran a, a four four he'd been a fifth round pick four two five you gotta go take that guy and so i got a chance to develop him because Something you can't coach at speed,
0: yeah, all right, Vance uh how Michael Mitchell Lang wants to know how did the goal line defense look first time we've seen snaps inside the 10 this season we that. It was in that game
1: Well we, we never really gotten goal line defense because they we were on the one or two yard line. We're in our base defense, and most coaches, defensive coaches, when you get inside the 10, you see a lot of pressure, so we gave a lot of zero pressure in those situations on the touchdown, for example. They ran a slant, and we're in a zero pressure, and we got beat off the line of scrimmage. I and mean, So people are looking at that. When you get in the red zone versus Michigan, you're going to probably get some form of zero pressure. So that's motion to uh, tandem splits. In other words, you stack guys, try to pick guys off, so you can isolate somebody one-on-one. And those are some things we have to look at. We haven't been down there a lot, so now you saw different things. When people get down there, we're going to pressure in the red
0: zone. All right, let's get it. Some more in here as we rolling with questions for Vance Bedford. All right, Uh John Fuse said, I think we have the best defense in the country, but I worry that they let up a little towards the end of the game. Maybe it's because they have the game one. I don't know. Did you see that?
1: I didn't mix? see that. I, I saw our guys battling because the game was never over. That game was never – was always in doubt. I mean, so uh, – the last touchdown came because we stopped Penn State. They actually broke the game open, to be honest. I mean, I never saw let up. Those guys know we had to fight until the last, last tick went off that clock because it was a battle. It was always in reach. I mean, Penn State's a good football team. They hit some plays. It's the reason why at one point in time, you know, they were in the top ten in the country. And defensively, they're in the top five in most of all the categories. So, no, we didn't let up. We played a good football team. You know, I'm just happy that they didn't have a quarterback that could actually beat us. I mean, they did, and it could have been a different ball game, but it didn't. They are running a running football team, and quarterback the quarterback is a game manager, and they have average receivers out wide. So we were able to play man-to-man and survive because they receivers, just average guys. Good college football players is not going to play the National Football League.
0: All right. Keep it rolling. Uh Oh, here, here we go, Vance. Vance, what did you think of Grant? Chasing down that running back 30 yards down the field. What did you think?
1: That was in the second quarter. That was a big play in that game because I think that Johnson might have tackled him, but it might have been 10 yards further up. To see a guy that's 345, 50 pounds, he looked like a sprinter. His knees were up. Now, just think about it. When I was a kid growing up, Sam, the ice cream man used to come by there. You say I'm a little kid chasing ice cream man. <laughs> you know, Grandma bought a kid chasing an ice cream truck.
0: <laughs> hey man, we didn't even have an ice cream truck in Flint. We had to have a bar man. And have a bar man used to push the cart. He used to push yes. the, push the cart down the street and ring the bell with his hand. Yeah. Him, so we had to chase him down still. But yeah, we didn't have yeah. an ice cream truck. We used to run from dogs though.
1: I mean, man. He wouldn't chase that ice cream truck. He tracked that guy down. That was a big play in the game, but it showed you the type of athletes we have on defense. For a big guy to look like that, to run like that, that was special. That was really a special play.
0: All right. A few more for Vance here. Hey, yeah, you we already uh so. Uh, they giving Mike Bear some love. Mike Bear threw me an arm flex and I called his name for the Michigan sideline. Shout out to Mike Bear. You know, you talk about a guy who High school quarterback, running back, receiver, offensive player for the most part. Comes in, they move him to safety, they move him to nickel, they move him to linebacker. You know, it takes a minute to kind of settle into a spot. But man, now you see him, Vance, and he's making plays, diagnosing things. You see the blitz he kind of came through. A lot of times, you know, guys as as blitzers, they just come, they run into blocks and that kind of thing you got to pick your spots, and I just feel like we're talking about a young man who's playing at a very all-Big Ten level this year, Mike Berry.
1: He is, and think about what you just said, all the different positions he's he played since he's been there. What that has done is gave him a different perspective from each position, from playing safety to nickelback, now to linebacker. He's an athletic linebacker. They cover backs and cover tight end, but he understands the entire game because he started off playing in the secondary. So you see it from a different perspective. Now he gets close to the line of scrimmage by nickelback. Now he goes in the box. So that has benefited him. And then this year compared to last year, it's like night and day. He's grown up a lot. You can see the leadership ability, getting guys lined up. It's like on a water bucket play, the two-point play. He's pointing games out. You got this guy, got that guy. That's experience. That's maturity. I mean, he's come a long way. I, I like what I see in him. He's going to play in the NFL. He
0: won't get drafted. So uh, one of the questions that's coming up, Vance, was about how Penn State, they were winning first down. They were winning first down, uh, you know, for a good portion of the early part of that game, right? And so Travis Foster wants to know, Vance, what did you see on those runs where Penn State, where they were gashing? I, it was more like five, six yards. I don't know if that's gashing. But what did you see that they were doing that allowed them to win first down as, as often as they were winning it?
1: Formation, they gave us a variety of formations. If you go to uh, the breakdowns, you're going to see a thing we call V bone. In other words, that's that's V bone is an inverted wishbone, is what that actually is. So by doing that, that forced defensive backs to have to play linebacker. And we had a difficult time with run fits. Then you're going to see another formation where they motioned the guy in the backfield and they formed an unbalanced formation. And again, they forced the defensive back to be in a linebacker position. We had issues with run fits. You, you saw a, you saw a power. You saw a pin-pull play, which we run. It's a gap scheme place. In other words, they played us for movement. They looked to block movement, and at different times, we did get creased. They were getting anywhere from three to five yards, a pop on first down. So they were in second and five in those situations. But they went to this game plan saying, we're not going to allow for Michigan to blitz us on first down and get us behind the sticks. Had a good game plan. And they got away from the game plan, which played into our hands. We forced them to throw the football, and that's the history right there. They couldn't throw it. We sacked them, incomplete passes, a lot of pressure on the quarterback. If I was Penn State to do it over again, I'd have been running the ball on third and five, Sam. I mm. would have.
0: Hey, Michigan was running it on third and 10
1: to third and 11. <laughs> that's exactly right. I'd, if I'm Penn State, I'd have had the same game plan that Michigan had. I'd have done the same thing. But, again, I'd give wrong more. And the staff credit, they're like, okay, we have problems blocking these guys. We're going to run the football play to our defense. On the other side of the ball, Penn State didn't do that. Mm -hmm. And guess what? They got a loss, and OC got fired.
0: Yep. I only got time for a couple more, folks. Uh, Adam Shepardson says, Will Johnson played great the uh, the past few weeks. I think he's prepping for that matchup with with Harrison Jr. You remember you said, hey, man, those guys missing all that time early in the season. They're going to be rusty. It's going to take them some time to work back to form. And I think what you said is proven true because it feels like Will is really rounding into the form. We saw him end the season with last year.
1: You have. And also, Wallace has come on. I mean, I was probably one of the biggest critics of, of, of Wallace early on. His last three ball games have been, been pretty good. When Will's last several ball games, he's playing his best ball right now. So, getting ready, we, I'm going to go back to game one, game two, and game three. We said now. Maryland, Penn State, and Ohio State was going to be their challenge. We said that back then. Well, they, they got past the first hurdle. As I watched Maryland, they're not as good as I thought they were going to be. I think we're going to beat them by 21 plus points. And then, as long as we stay healthy and don't turn the ball over, then the game is can we stop Marvin Harrison Jr.? That's going to be key. We can eliminate him from making big plays. No one else has. Penn State played man to man on if you go back when Penn State played Ohio State, they had a sack fumble and returning for a touchdown. And they called a hole on the defensive back, it was on Marvin Harrison. Mm-hmm. That game could have been totally different off of that one play. They ended up getting a penalty and scored a touchdown on that drive. So for us, and looking ahead, we gotta find ways to take Marvin Harrison Jr. out of the ball game. We cannot let them beat us. If they beat Michigan, Somebody else has got to do it. But they also run the ball better this year than they did last year, so it, it's going to be a battle. But we got to first take care of uh, Maryland first.
0: Well, they are definitely not as good at quarterback position, and it makes you wonder. I mean, was Ryan Day holding CJ Stroud back? You watching them down in Houston, Vance? Man, <laughs> he looks like a different dude.
1: Uh, like- CJ, CJ was running for the Heisman last. they are really talking about?
0: I'm talking about, against, I'm talking about against Michigan.
1: Against well, Michigan. Against, against Michigan. Let's go back to the first quarter last year. What did they do in the first quarter? They ran the football. Went right down the field. two straight series. But then he got back to who Ryan Day is. I got to get C.J. Sprout the Heisman Trophy. start throwing the ball all over the place. play right in try hands. If he'd have stayed to the, the game plan that he had in the first quarter, I hate to say this, they probably would have won the ball game.
0: Uh, hey, I, it wasn't his game plan.
1: It wasn't his I'm game plan. I, I go back. I say, Urban Meyer's been talking to him about this because those plays they were running. That's Urban Meyer's old playbook now. And then he got away. He just couldn't, he just couldn't stay with it, Sam. He couldn't win the old fashioned hitch in the mouth way. He had to win pretty. It's just like that pretty girl going to the prom. She could not. She had her nails nice. She came open her own door. Somebody had to open the door for her. nice Hair. Took two days to get a hair fix, Sam. Please don't let the wind blow. So she got three umbrellas going to the play. Trying to look pretty. That's Ryan Day. Now, <laughs> this year, <laughs> this year, Ryan Day's trying to be a little bit different. And so i won't give credit where credit is due. He's trying to run the football, be more physical, which has actually made him a better football team overall. And the defense is playing better because he's probably practicing against those guys and being more physical, so I got to okay. give credit. What coordinators
0: do? So, okay, I hear what you say. When the judge tells the man to pay child support and he pays it, do you give him credit for that? But yeah, doing stuff, he's, he's supposed to do that. He don't have a choice but to do what the judge tell, told him to do. He got to do it because the judge say you got to do it. The Ryan Day don't have a choice but to run the football. He don't have C.J. Stroud a quarterback anymore. I'm just saying, man. I, I want to see all of this innovation come to fruition in this game. He got out coached two years ago. He got out coached last year. If he if he does the job this year, I tip my cap. I give him credit. But I can't give the man credit for paying child support. You're supposed to do that. I'm sorry. Well,
1: but you know what? He's grown up, okay? <laughs> he has grown up. He finally figured out what they are. in the quarterback of Ohio State now, you gotta look at it, last four ball games. Playing a lot better. He's finally figured right. out that Marvin Harrison is my guy. I get in trouble, just throw it up. My man can go make that play.
0: All right, let's finish this up. We got a direct question from Nala Vance. How did you grade our defensive line against Penn State's offensive line? I know they brought some big runs here and there.
1: I'm gonna give them an A minus. See, a lot of the big runs were on the linebackers in the secondary because they involved too. So I give them an A minus. I got to give the linebackers a particular ball game up B. And I got to give the secondary, I give them an A minus.
0: All right, Van. So you, we can't get out of here without you giving us a score. You said three touchdowns that they're going to beat. Maryland. I'm,
1: I'm looking right now. I'm looking at probably 35 to 10. 35 to 10. 35
0: to 10. That gets you ready and gets you up to the game, which we're looking forward to. But one thing at a time, one, one game at a time. Cannot overlook this squad. They do have can't a very overlook. talented quarterback. So, you know, they can they can rise up and, and do some things. They've They've had some tough times here of late, though, Vance. They have not. Yeah, I, got one thing. I
1: got something to say, Sam. Okay. I can't understand. Just think about this right now. If this so-called illegal science telling about sending somebody on the road, if you were at at uh, Kansas, would it be a big deal right now? No. If you had Oklahoma State, would it be a big deal? No. you at Louisville, what places I've been at, would it be a big deal? No, you have Vanderbilt. No Rice. No, because who Michigan is? All of a sudden, people who know nothing about anything, the people on ESPN, have made this thing the biggest scandal in the world. It's not a scandal. Okay, it's a violation that no one has actually been caught at doing before. NCAA, do your due diligence. Make a statement. And let's move on. Whatever, that, whatever you're going to do, make a statement. Let's get it behind us and move on for all these people to be ranting and raving about. This is the biggest scandal since Watergate. Really. That means you have nothing to talk about. And somebody at ESPN said, try to find some way of bringing Michigan down. Philip, what's his name? Philip Baum, whatever his name is. You know what I'm talking about. I can't think of my name. By by. Paul Fitt Baum, whatever his name is. And, and, and Stephen uh, Blowhard Smith. I mean, they ran and raped, okay? My man Smith had a chance on Friday with our former Heisman Trophy winner talking to him. He didn't say anything. He didn't agree with everything he said, Sam. He had a chance right there to make a statement. He didn't. And the next day, he'd get on TV with other people. He becomes Mr. Vol- Volcano Blowhard all over again. So, Can we get the NCAA to go ahead, do your job, get this behind us, and move on? It has nothing to do with this football team, these players, the teams we played this year, been average football teams. That's why we're beating the brakes off of them. Penn State was a challenge. We beat them without a head coach. Maryland's not going to be a challenge. Ohio State's going to be a challenge. We're a better football team, and that's the reason why we're winning right now, period. So let's move on, please, and let's just start getting back to reality Let's talk about what's happening today. So I had to say, now you you misspelled that name. It's F I N E B U M. I'm sorry. That's that's it is pronounced bum B U M. Okay, and the other guy is Stephen A. Lohar.
0: It is. It's funny. Uh, Desmond was on the show. Gave him some basic facts. Gave him some. You know. Stallions wasn't the only guy that got hired a couple years ago. He hired a new DC. He hired he, he hired a new O-line coach, which is Sharon Moore. They won back-to-back Joe Moore Awards, where they're the number one offensive line in the country. They hired a new DB coach. They hired a new receiver coach. They hired a new running back coach. Stephen they was like, oh, uh oh, oh, I did, this was just a secret. I had no idea all these changes were made. Okay, I I I defer to you, Desmond. I get okay. Now you make sense, Desmond. And the next day, like you said, it's yeah. totally different.
1: Like what? You but that kind of tells you. That, that tells you who it is. And I gotta go back. What, what, what's the receiver? Was it Ocho Cinco? I think I made a comment about uh, he was on his show, and he said, well, "What was the other guy on there with uh, Stephen A. Smith?" That he got fired.
0: Max. Max Kellerman.
1: Max. He made a comment, and say, "Stephen A. Max seems more black than you." <laughs> i like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Stephen A was, he was hot. He was hot. He,
0: he was, was hot. oh, he, I was
1: looking at that. I don't, I don't look hot. at Stephen A because he just talked too much and don't say a whole lot of nothing. And he's doing it right now. I mean, if you have certain facts, when the facts are, there's other stuff. I, I don't need all of that. Leave it up to the NCAA to do their due diligence. For the Big Ten commissioner, I think he moved too fast. I think he's listening to the wrong people. He wasn't as professional as you think he would be with all his, the resume that he has. And that's all I'm saying. Yeah, that was he T.O. was professional. T-O. Oh, it was T.O., okay. T-O. my fault, T.O. It was oh, it was T.O., thank you. But there's a lot of things happening right now. It's like the little magazines you go to the grocery store, Esquire and all the people, that kind of stuff. That's what I'm seeing with ESPN and everybody else right now. Let the people, the judges, ESPN, whomever they may be, they do their di- diligence, and let's move on. Let's get back to the game because right now you're affecting these kids, and these kids had nothing whatsoever to do with anything. Let's respect the game for today. That's all I had to say. Sorry about uh, being long-winded. There.
0: Sorry. Oh no, no, no! Hey, hey, it was a great message, Vance, and a great way to close things out, folks. We appreciate you watching another breakdown. We'll be back next week. I want to remind you, we got the film studies coming tomorrow Steady Dropping Dimes with Devin and Daniel coming tomorrow as well. Special recruiting insider. With the autograph crew, we're going to be breaking down Michigan's new quarterback commitment. A lot still to come on the horizon. Of course, we, it all goes down over on the michiganinsider.com. Got an update. You know, Michigan picks up a quarterback commitment. So what does that mean for Bryce Underwood? Number one quarterback in the country. Got some intel on that as well. So be sure to check that out. Over on the Michigan Insider.com. Until next time, folks, thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown focused on the on the defense, excuse me, with Vance Beffer. We'll see you next week.
1: Go Blue.